This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's an open goal, and the opportunity is taken by Raheem Sterling. In behind for Salah, and Salah for Mane! It comes in an instant for Liverpool. They're sliding, it's in! Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal! Spurs are going to the Champions League final! And here's your host, James Rose. Greetings and welcome to another quizzical hangout where banter, bragging and statistics are always shared. And as usual, I'm joined by some of the finest soccer pundits Kansas City has to offer. The first is the leader of the Kansas City Spurs fan group, the man who no longer likes the taste of 7-Up and who thinks Spurs' new stadium was built on an ancient burial ground. Cursed indeed. It's Jeremy Semente. Hi, bud. Uh, between Spurs and the uh, Kansas City Football Chiefs, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to find. I, is there a I'm start following cricket? Um, can you maybe. explain cricket to me again? I can try. I'm start I following mean, I'm, cricket. I'm not the best at that, but maybe uh, there might be something there. Uh, and the second man is the leader of the Casey Gunners, the man who plans to get Serge Nabry's midweek tweet tattooed on his shoulder, and who knows a thing or two about disappointing results against Brighton. Memories from last season, for sure. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, thanks to that Brighton comment, I'm I'm resuming my function as the the captain of the Granite Jacques fan club. <laughs> Love it. It's all part of this. Uh, so since we're without a guest for this week's quiz, Jared will get an extra topic on question of the match, and Boyce will get an extra rumor mill to balance out the fairness. So let's start off with question of the match, where we quiz out moments from last week and this weekend's soccer action. Uh, just two points this week for a correct answer. And here are this week's topics. Hashtag Spursy. Hashtag Howled. Hashtag Longstaffed. And Jared, you will get to go first this week. So go ahead and pick one of those from the three categories. Let's get it out of the way. Rip the band-aid off, right? That's what they like to say. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's do it. Hashtag Spursy. Spursy indeed. Uh, Brighton and Bayern Munich put Spurs to the sword as they embarrassed the Lily Whites with 10 cumulative goals against them. Spurs lose 7-2 to Bayern Munich midweek and 3-0 to Brighton on Saturday early morning. Uh, Jared, here's your quiz question for this one. In all competitions, how many games have Spurs now lost in this 2019 calendar year? Is it 12 or 17? All competitions in 2019. Yes, sir. 17. That, sir, is absolutely correct, unfortunately, yes, and that'll get you those two points more than any other English top flight side, would you believe it? Tottenham Hotspur, what a wild ride. Uh, let's talk about it then. Yes, <laughs> yes, I will believe it. If you watch this club at all, those past two games, good group. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, uh, with a bad run of form for Spurs, uh, what, 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 in your opinion, has to change here? You know, I Spurs Twitter was just, I mean, on fire this past weekend. <laughs> and, you know, there's basically two camps. It is Poch has got to go for a variety of reasons, some legitimate, some not legitimate in my view. And then it's the other camp is, well, does the problem lie higher than Poch? Um, that's the camp where I'm in. Um, I... Uh, I think, you know, this was missing out on some of these contracts, not dealing Erickson. Um, uh, you know, you could even look at, you know, the 
I'm not saying this was proper, but you can even, in retrospect, think about, wow, what if we had sold Harry Kane? I know that's blasphemous to say, but, like, think about it. Like, mm-hmm. we believe he is maybe too shrewd uh, at times. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, this rift over the summer uh, where you kind of saw this, you know, uh, uh, Poch's comments, you know, I guess I'm just the manager of the club, right? I, I guess that's all I do, which is coach, you know, it was uh, I think we can all agree now that it was pretty clear he wasn't being listened to um, either with respect to targets or uh, uh, the amount of funds that uh, uh, he wanted Spurs to commit you know, to the future of the club. I think Potts saw a lot of this coming. Uh, and now he's, you know, we've got a, uh, a side that is banged up, not firing on all cylinders. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we have Musa Suzuka starting it right back. Um, and just we don't have an answer uh, for anything out of the back. I mean, it is uh, it made Brighton look like Real Madrid. I mean, uh, uh, you know, hats off to that young kid who scored, you know, that his second goal was, I don't, I don't even remember his name, but uh, hell of a strike. Um but it just you think, well, it couldn't get any worse. And then Hugo Lloris goes down with a freak injury uh, in the first three minutes of the match. And you think, yeah. well, oh, yeah, that's right. It, 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 it can, in fact, get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, whatever needs to happen in the locker room, uh, you know, I trust Poch with that. But what is going to be responsive is if Spurs jump in in the January transfer window. And I think that's really going to give us more of a sense of, if uh, uh, really, if Poch is here to stay, and and by that I mean if he, he chooses to walk, I mm-hmm. mean it is uh, uh, it is a real uh, a, a real possibility if they really don't get something straightened out. But again, there's uh, a number of valid points on the other side. You know, this is world football. Uh, you know, you go through this bad run of form and all of that. Uh, you're out. Um, and maybe there's a certain you know, my wife was uh, you know. Uh, she found an article that was talking about, you know, maybe there's just a certain, you know, Potch has been there five years. And sometimes just these managers, you kind of wear out your welcome and the gets stale and you need a new system. You mm-hmm. just got to refresh it. That's a valid argument. And and it ain't show friends, it's show business. So something's got to change. And uh, uh, I'm just in the open up the checkbook camp because we need a right back. We need a uh, uh, and uh, a healthy holding midfielder because right now it's just not working. Yeah, boys, what are your perspectives on this whole situation? Obviously, you're laughing all the way to the bank, but uh, can you break it down for us from your side of things? Well, I think it's really funny because I'm generally not right about many things, but I feel like as though I have been decently right about this. I, I tend to agree with Jared that the issues here start with Daniel Levy in the boardroom. I think we could all three agree that he overplayed his Christian Eriksen hand over the summer by imposing a price structure and a transfer for him that was absolutely ludicrous. Uh, he did not the same with Alderweireld. I really don't understand what in the world happened there. For $25 million, you would think that he would be gone, but yet he's still there. And Jan Vertonghen is also still there. And I think it's difficult if you're a Spurs fan to look forward because that's probably you know, 80 to 100 million euros in players that are sitting on Spurs roster that aren't going to garner them a single cent. And you're looking at Pochettino, who is obviously frustrated. And I think even I, as an Arsenal fan, and I would assume that most Arsenal fans themselves would argue that he is a very good manager, but he's been dealt 
a really terrible hand. And the other thing that I said, I think, before the season started was that Spurs' fullback situation was untenable, and here we are, right? Dembele's playing right back, left back, whichever position he's playing. It's terrible. They don't have anybody. you got Danny Rose on the right. You know, you're looking at... Serge Aurier, who's been a little bit of a disaster since the transfer initiated, besides his like oddly nationalistic fascist belief system, you know, and your backups are, are Juan Foyth. And I know that you guys went out and bought Sessegnon. There's still questions about whether or not he's a left back or a left winger. You let Trippier go to Atletico Madrid. There's just a whole host of things that Daniel Levy did that thinks that he, he thinks that he can seemingly outsmart the market. And when he fails, it's ugly. And as of right now, you're looking at a deteriorating Harry Kane. You're looking at a Deli Alley who hasn't been able to find form since sometime in 2018. You know, Tenge and Dombele was an incredible purchase. He's had some injury issues. You've got Lo Celso sitting out there who I think will be a pretty good player in the end. But the problem is the fact that I think even if you forecast past the 1920 season, you're entering into a situation where Spurs midfield might be decent and their front three might be okay. But right now, other than the penalty spot, the front three is still being carried by Hungman San. You know, you guys should be very thankful that he signed a long-term contract. But the defensive issues are only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. You know, Hugo Lloris has been responsible for 10 errors leading to goals, which is insane. His performance levels have deteriorated over the last few years, even including the the World Cup that he won with France. You know, Gazaniga is a decent goalkeeper, but when you pull Jan Vertonghen and Alderweireld out of that back line and you leave the fullbacks that you have right now and you bring in Davison Sanchez or who else you're going to bring into the middle of that, Spurs roster is in trouble. And right now, you know, the other point that I made a little earlier in the year was that Spurs play six out of the seven other top eight clubs on the road in the first half of the season. And that was always going to be brutal. But especially given their problems, you can't beat Newcastle at home. You can't beat Brighton on the road. I, I mean, the first half of the season is just set up to be a disaster for them. And you, they come back next week. They have a fairly winnable game against Watford. And the very next weekend, you know, they've got Liverpool. And the question that Pochettino is going to have to answer is, you know, you have these two weeks off, you come back, you have Watford, you play a diminished lineup and try and get the points that you desperately need. You have Red Star Belgrade in the middle of the week for the Champions League, which is a must-win match if you want to advance because it's a home match. And then you have Liverpool on the road. I, I just balancing that lineup when you have no fullbacks and the team, I, I mean, that Bayern Munich match was brutal in the second half and yet you know i mean over two weeks they lost to colchester city and then they got demolished by Bayern munich at home and gave up the most goals by any epl team in europe ever and then when they had a chance to redeem themselves against brighton they absolutely peed down their leg i i, I just <laughs> i don't know what you do if you're a spurs fan there's it's just nothing yeah i mean i shouldn't laugh but you're right i mean it seems like absolute utter despair right now and there doesn't seem to be any kind of uh i say exit strategy maybe that's the wrong word but there doesn't seem to be any kind of uh kind of plans for moving forward we're just kind of plodding along i mean uh you know i mean as an arsenal fan i welcome the return of tim sherwood or even you know i mean it would it hurt me a little bit to see saul campbell back in tottenham colors but if you're a tottenham fan i don't understand how you're not crossing your fingers and and hoping to any deity that you wish to that it's levy that goes and pochettino that stays 
boys, let's go ahead and move over to you for the second topic. You still have hashtag howled and hashtag longstaffed. So which one would you like to pick? I'm going to go with hashtag longstaffed. Good choice. Good choice. Manchester United fall to defeat at St. James's Park thanks to 19-year-old midfielder Matty Longstaff. Final score on that one is 1-0 to Newcastle. Uh, here's your quiz question, boys. United have only picked up nine points this season. This is their worst start since what year? 1989 or 2001? 1989? It is, yes. That's absolutely correct, and it'll get you those two points. 1989, it's been quite a while. Manchester United are clearly on some funky uh, start to this season, if you want to call it that. But my question for you, boys, is how long does uh, Solskjaer hold on to this United wheel? So I think the only reason that Oli is still at the wheel is that he was an Ed Woodward hire and that Ed Woodward is looking at the writing on the wall, unlike Daniel Levy, who seems to be a little protected. And he realizes that if Ole goes, that he might be next. So he's gotten a little bit of time. But let's let's be honest, this unlike Spurs, this United team, they're just awful. Spurs, you know, emotionally may not be able to get it together, and it's a question whether or not Pochettino can resolve that, but United are awful. You know, and I mean, discredit to Arsenal for not being able to beat either of these squads, and, you know, we can talk about Unai Emery's strategy at a later date, but this is, this team's abhorrent. You know, you you talk about the fact that they lost to Newcastle in a game in which they were absolutely abject, but we forget the fact that they went to AZ Alkmaar in the middle of the week and couldn't even manage to score against them. That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's it's embarrassing. You know, and listen, we'll give a little bit of leeway to Ole for the fact that he's had some pretty significant injury problems, but let's also temper that with the fact that this is Manchester United. They spent 90 million pounds on Harry Maguire. It's just... <laughs> You know, and they're playing a dude named Tuan Zebe as a fullback. It, what is this roster is a disaster. Their midfield is a complete disaster. You have an overly aged Juan Mata kind of playing between the midfield and the front three. You've got Paul Pogba, who legitimately appears as though you should have just sold him to Real Madrid because he's he's checked out. And then above and beyond that, I. I I get the Alexis Sanchez deal, although it's hilarious to me that they're still picking up something like 50 to 75% of his salary throughout the rest of the course of the season. But that Lukaku deal was madness. Just insane. I, 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 you know, I know that Lukaku had his stumbles at United, but the idea that you thought that Marcus Rashford or Anthony Martial were going to pick up the slack, it, Lukaku scored the two goals that saved Ole's career last season against PSG. Let's not start to pretend that he wasn't a pretty important factor at Old Trafford throughout the season, and you just got rid of him. They don't, they can't score. You know, I mean, credit where credit's due to McTominay for hitting a ball really hard and having it like deflect and end up in the back of the Arsenal goal, but they were otherwise toothless. That team is terrible, and. I think the whole Ole's at the wheel thing is hilarious and I have zero sympathy for him because I think he's completely out of his depth and it was absolutely ridiculous for Ed Woodward to give him that permanent job just after the post Mourinho bounce. But this is hilarious and they're going to get annihilated by Liverpool at Old Trafford. Annihilated. You know, they've been unfortunate that Mo Salah is going to have the opportunity to get through the international break and heal and come back and score 10 
I mean, I, they're not conceding a ton of goals, but they're terrible. And Liverpool's defense is way too stodgy to be able to allow them any scoring opportunities. And as it is right now, you start listing off teams that are better than them. I know Wolves have had their struggle because they're trying to balance Europa League with the Premier League, and they don't have a lot of depth on that roster. But Wolves are better than them. Leicester unquestionably better than them. If you look at head-to-head results, West Ham are better than them. Oh, yeah, true, and, true. You know, the list is forever, and that's excluding even the top five clubs that are all universally better than them, barring that insane result against a Chelsea team that looked light years beyond where United are right now. Uh, it's it's ugly. They're terrible. <laughs> and, you know, if, if things hold up the way that they are, you know, they're talking about Jaden Sancho, and I love the, the rumors for that, and he's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> His group's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to be a part of that. And they might have the money to buy people, but now they're in a, they're in an instance where they just look like the house is on fire, and I don't think anybody's going to go there. I think if this holds up, they're finishing bottom 10 in the league. They're that bad right now. Wow, there it is. Uh, Jared, do we need to give any credit to Newcastle here? I mean, Steve Bruce came out and said this is this is the turning point for them now. Is it, Do you go with that, or do you uh, think it is down to Manchester United being that bad? Uh, well, I mean, if I were you know to walk the Spurs line, I say Newcastle is the finest young upstart club, and they are going places. <laughs> they are very good to be feared. Uh, good point. <laughs> but you look at their uh, you look at their results. I mean, is this the same Newcastle squad five? I mean, I know we were talking about you know is this kind of a, a resurgent Leicester squad, but five nil. Uh, you know, got blank there, uh, and then. I mean, they drew Brighton at home, uh, and I, you know, I guess you can you can take a three-one at at Anfield a loss. That's not horrible given given that squad. And then they drew Watford at home. So, like, I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of you know, there's some there's some talent there uh, for sure, but. Um, you know, and they have pretty new kits, uh, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, you got the Longstaff boys in there. Uh, that Joe Ellington guy just absolutely just, again, made them look world class against Spurs. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, that's a, that's a hell of a result, right? Uh, and, and I have no doubt that that locker room definitely believes that this is the turning point there. Um, the, the fact of the matter is just still a squad that the zombie corpse of Andy Carroll, uh, uh, and I just don't. I, I just shocked that he's actually still playing and healthy-ish. I guess I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I, I if I'm not gonna you know, really kind of panic on Spurs uh, with respect to uh, uh, you know really trying to write the ship, then I, I think it's probably a little early to kind of predict it. I mean, the only thing that is a veritable certainty is that Liverpool are going to win the league, right? So uh-huh. outside of that. Um, you know, I, I I think we have some time. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 a decent result. I mean, they got a, a tough run. They'll be at Chelsea, then they're going to host Wolves, and then at West Ham. So, I don't know. Uh, you take if they take seven points out of those nine, then all right, then we're talking about Newcastle. But really, not until probably Thanksgiving. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our last uh, topic of this section, which is hashtag howled. The title holders now find themselves eight points adrift to Liverpool thanks to two goals from Wolves forward Traore. Final score is 2-0 to the Wolves. All right, Jared, your quiz question from this one. When was the last time Manchester City lost a game and failed to score a goal at home? 
Was it 2016 or 2014? Oh, 2014? It's going to be a while ago, right? Oh, unlucky. No, it was actually 2016. So not as far back as you think, but still... Still a couple years, so that's still kind of a record. We'll take that. Um, so City losing, so I think you kind of touched on this a little bit in the last uh, topic, but does that give Liverpool now that real edge for them to go on and win it, or do you still think City has enough time, enough talent to kind of push on, see this result as a bit of a blip, and uh, really kind of challenge once again for the title? I don't know. Barring Liverpool eating a month's worth of dodgy lasagna, I really don't see <laughs> them letting the foot off the gas, right? I mean, they are that good. They are scary good. And uh, this might be, you know, uh, a team is really going to do something special. I mean, you're probably looking at 94 plus points again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, if Liverpool, uh, you know, have that stumble that uh, City had. Uh, what was that right before Christmas uh, in the uh, uh, in the Christmas break and all that last year? Uh, City's run of form was horrible, um, and that really kind of left the door open uh, for you know uh, for Liverpool to kind of creep in and make it closer than it really should have been, mm-hmm. um, uh, and give lowly Spurs fans like myself, oh, do we have a shot in outside chains? Uh, and then, and then Spurs things and then 2019 happened. But, um, I, I do think this is a big enough edge right now where, I mean, it's, it's Liverpool's to lose. So, you know, barring, uh, you know, something absolutely crazy happening, uh, I really don't see them kind of giving up on it. Mm. Boys, let me ask you about Wolves real quick, and then I'll throw you the same question. Do you think Wolves are going to look to emulate their performance from last year? Do you think they've got the, the skill, the, the the squad to do it? We talked about this a little bit before. I, 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 it's hard for me with Wolves, because I think the squad in isolation, if you take it and you just allocate it to the Premier League and you have no other outstanding obligations, is an incredible squad. And one that has a really, really high quality starting 11 and three or four players off the bench that can make a significant difference. On the other hand, if Wolves somehow survive in the Europa League and they end up playing round of 32 matches and round of 16 matches, I I think it's going to weigh on them a bit. They just don't have the depth to be able to deal with multiple competitions. And despite the fact that I, I think the world of their manager it's not solely about management when you just don't have that many players and, and he doesn't, mm. uh, you know, they, they beat Benfica in the middle of the week. That was good. They lost their first match in the Europa league. I think that group is actually quite difficult for a Europa league group match, primarily just because wolves were unseated. It'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think if I'm a wolves fan and my options are to advance into the knockout stages of the Europa league or do some damage in the premier league, I choose the latter. And the best way, I think, for that to happen is if they get knocked out in the group stages. And as we were talking about a little bit earlier with Manchester United, I think I think if Wolves get knocked out of the group stages of the Europa League and they don't have anything else to deal with, that they'll finish ahead of United. Because even with United's draw against AZ Alkmaar, they're probably going to advance to the round of 32. You know, how far they'll get, I don't really know. You know, starting in the round 16, round of 8, there'll be some teams in the Europa League that can contend with just how terrible that squad is. But as far as Wolves are concerned, I, I think you just have to be happy with another top eight finish. Uh, you know, they're not they're not as good as Leicester, who I think are a significant challenger for a top four place. They're a top eight squad, and on their day, they'll do some damage. 
Uh, right, let's move on to section two of the quiz, which is another round of rumour mill. So same rules as before. I'm going to provide a line or quote from a newspaper or online resource. All the guys have to do is tell me if it, uh, what I read was actually printed or something that is purely fictional. Uh, two points for a correct guess, and Boyce is up first with this one. Despite their victory over Bournemouth, Arsenal's record signing Nicola Pepe expressed his frustration about being substituted in the 63rd minute. I he certainly didn't look happy to come off, but I have not heard any quotes from him in the aftermath of the match, so I'm going to say false. That is absolutely correct. So yes, it is false. I just completely made it up, and I think you kind of touched on it. Uh, perhaps not too happy to be substituted. Do you? What are your thoughts on Nicolo Pepe at this point? Obviously, still early days. Does he bed in well to this Arsenal squad? Uh, give us your thoughts on that. I think Pepe's primary difficulty has just been the fact that he is a counter-attacking winger placed into a system that Unai Emery doesn't really know what it is. <laughs> I'm not necessarily convinced that I know what Unai Emery's system is, and I don't think he necessarily does either. <laughs> it, it was the same story in this match over the weekend on Sunday where we took an early lead. We played kind of lights out for a little bit in the first half. We created some chances. We probably could have scored two. I, you know, when it comes to Pepe, I think that foul in the box is a PK. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy throws his body into him after the ball goes away. Uh, I think at this point, Pepe's kind of suffering a little bit because he's had a few instances where he went down a little too easily. And uh, But VAR is supposed to be designed to protect against that and to create justice where injustice abounds. And I, I think he got hosed out of one. Because VAR is stupid, boys. I, well, there you go. Come uh, to the dark side. <laughs> I think it's just a situation where you look at the Arsenal midfield, it's dreadful. There's no connectivity between the back line and the front line. And until Unai Emery decides that it's no longer intelligent to play Granite Xhaka, which it's not, uh, you know, Torreira had to sit on the bench this weekend while Granite Xhaka, who's played eight terrible matches, got to start. It's kind of insane. But as far as Pepe's concerned, you know, they say it on the Irish blog, and I think it's accurate. It's on Arsenal Vision as well. They've talked about the fact that until until we figure out some connectivity between the back line and the front line, it's hard to judge Pepe too much because we're asking him to basically just, like, create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a period over the weekend where he was on the right line, and he had maybe three or four Bournemouth players around him, and he was just dancing around with the ball. But you look into the midfield, and there's nobody within 10 feet for him to pass to, and it's like... <laughs> You know, what's he supposed to do? You know, I wish that Nicola Pepe were already a goal-scoring machine, but I also understand that he's not going to dance past four guys into the Bournemouth back line and single-handedly score a goal by himself. He's not Maradona, so, you know. So maybe early days, uh, there's still promise or potential there. Uh, uh, certainly. I, I think by the end of the year, you know, he'll either be fine or Emery will be gone. And either way, he'll be better off. There you go. We'll take it. Uh, Jared, this next one is for you. Barcelona are considering another bid for Chelsea's 31-year-old Brazil forward, Willian, who has yet to sign a new deal and will be available on a free transfer in the summer. Sure. Why not? Sure, true. It is true. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And it'll get you... (laughs) Those two points. Uh, is he better off doing that deal? Is he? What's, oh what's God! His... Get out running from Stanford Bridge. Are you kidding me? Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I. I'm. I'm actually shocked. I thought you know he'd be a little, a little long in the tooth uh, for a Barcelona transfer, but um, 
you know, uh, as somebody, as Boyce alluded to, somebody well versed in losing free transfers, uh, <laughs> the Spurs will be in the summer. Um, I, it's it's surprising to me, but uh, with respect to the signing, but it's not surprising that you know that he's just going to turn tail and leave because I I can't imagine the frustrations of pulling on a Chelsea kit right now. <laughs> Love it. All right, boys, this last one is for you. Atletico Madrid and England defender Kieran Trippier said he didn't have to think twice about leaving Tottenham when he moved to Spain. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, getting out of a sinking ship, true. It is true. Nice work. Yeah, that'll get you those two points, Kieran Trippier, with those vicious words against Tottenham. Obviously, we talked a lot about them. But uh, do you think for a player like Kieran Trippier, it was actually a good move to do that? Or do you think uh, maybe not so much? I mean, he's outside of the bounds of Daniel Levy at this point. I, I think, I you know, books will be written above and beyond those about the fact that Tottenham came in second. Uh, about this offseason at Spurs. And, uh, you know, obviously Kieran Trippier was right there in the midst of it until the end when he was transferred. He could see what was going on in the locker room towards the end of the 18-19 season. He could obviously see what he was looking forward to during the 19-20 season. And here we are. And Simeone's a really good coach. That Atletico squad is quite good as well. Uh, You know, I don't think Kieran Trippier is going to have any regrets because I would imagine that Atletico is going to go a bit further in the Champions League this year than Spurs and potentially do better in their own league. You know, despite the questions about the quality of La Liga, I think he's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, oh my God! Like, no, it's forgetting that how Kieran Trippier played for all of last year. I mean, my God, that hangover coming off the World Cup. The guy had two left feet. And no, I I don't really agree that you know there would be any uh, uh, that Kieran Trippier saw you know the was reading tea leaves and was just that you know smart to get out and really get out while he could. No, if they offered him a new contract and wanted to hang out, he would have stayed. He would have stayed I, playing for Mauricio Pochettino. I think a lot I mean, of I'm sure, this I'm sure is, he's out there making more money at Atletico Madrid from what the rumor mill has said this week. <laughs> <laughs> the Spurs locker room is very upset about the lack of pay inequality for them in comparison to the other top six clubs. And there's a little bit of a to do in the locker room about that. So, I, you know, maybe he's making a little bit more money as well. Maybe we should consult because it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone get Paulo DeBall on the phone. <laughs> Do you have to talk to his image rights? Are they in a person? I don't know. Is it like a robot? They're in a I, I don't know. How, you guys are going to get that figured out. Can his, <laughs> can his, can his image rights play right back? <laughs> Probably. Better than, better than Danny Rose, I think. Better than any of them. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and move on uh, to our last round of this game. It's, of course, another round of player profile. Uh, so usual rules. First person to shout their name and correctly guess said player from the clues I provide will win two points. But you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week's category is titled Howlers. Howlers. So this translates to players who have made notable mistakes or mistake during their time on the field. Voice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you think? Granite Xhaka. 
He might be on the list. You don't know. <laughs> and let me All tell right, you, okay. the list I'm ready was, for it. The list was pretty long when I was doing my, re- <laughs> doing my research. <laughs> so I really had to fine tune who I was going to pick for this, but it's going to be so, great. So before we do this, just on this particular subject, one of my favorite accounts to follow is Out of Context Arsenal. And uh, one of the photos that they posted today was that Hugo Lloris has the most errors leading to goals at 10. But I think it was at least two other players. One was Granit Xhaka and the other one was Burnt Leno are also on the top five list. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, wow. Good times. This is going to be great. Um, all right, here we go then. Player number one is a goalkeeper. Jared. <laughs> yes, Jared. Yes, Jared. Hugo. Hugo Lloris. That was too coincidental to make it funny. But yes, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> and that'll get you those two points. The other clues is 32 years of age, has been with his club since 2012, plays for a London club, is a Frenchman. And honestly, pick a howler because he's made a couple. The one against Southampton oh was the uh, the one that made the, the official list. But um, obviously the one in the Brighton game too. You could just kind of cherry pick him. But uh, I do feel for the guy. Obviously, he's going to be out. I think they said today. He's going to be out until January, I think, yep. of next year. Twi- yep, twenty um, twenty. So Gaza, suit up, buddy. Yeah, he's he's gonna gonna have to step in there. But uh, you do have to feel for the guy because obviously any injury like that is uh, is not great mentality wise. But uh, hopefully he'll bounce back, right? We think. I hope so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, player number two plays for Watford. He is a midfielder. Another French international has only scored 13 goals for his club. Jared. Yes, Jared. Uh, uh, Dolefeu. Oh, he's Spanish. It is he's not Spanish, didn't he? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, he is Spanish. And that just frees you out. Uh, so, boys, this last clue is for you. First name is Abdullah. Is it Decure? It is, yes, that is absolutely correct. Uh, uh, wrong yeah. D name, idiot, Jared. <laughs> God. Uh, now, Abdullah Decore scored an own goal uh, for Brighton back in game week one. So, good times there. And I think Brighton went on to win that game like 3-0 as well. So, uh, Watford, Tottenham, very similar moments there. Good times. Uh, all right, plan number three is a Belgian international. Is a defender is 30 years of age where's the number four shirt jared yes jared toby it is yes toby elderborough that is absolutely correct and i'll get you those two points the last clue on that one was plays for spurs and again you can probably pick some howlers here but i had last season specifically he scored an own goal uh for liverpool which gave them their ultimate win in that uh in that game when we were kind of hard decent but uh equally you could argue for brighton um maybe a few moments in southampton but uh yeah, good old Toby. We'll see. Do you think he's going to stick around for uh, a year or maybe more than a year, or is he on his way out? I kind of, uh, to piggyback on Boyce's point, like, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, I was shocked <laughs> that nobody wanted to pick that up and all that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, he's, shoot, at this point, he's just going to be a member of the coaching squad. Yeah, agreed. All right, plan number four uh, is also a defender. Where's the number five shirt? A Greek international. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. 
<laughs> Socrates Papasistopoulos. He knew it right away. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. The other clues. Plays for the Gunners. Last name. You pronounce it better. Pa- Papastopoulos. I can't even read it. It's Papastopoulos, I think, is what it is. Sounds very similar. Yep, that's right. Uh, his howler uh, was against Watford. You probably remember this voice. He passed it out to a Watford player. To the other team. To the other yes. team. Yeah. Yes, I remember. They were passing out from the back. Good times. And did that give Watford the equalizer, or was that their first goal? Uh, it was the blood and the, it was the first goal. The it was fir- the blood and water one. That's right. That's right. Yep, I remember now. The second one was the penalty from uh, David Luiz, the other clown cars defender that we have in our back line. That's right. That's right. Yep, it's all come back to me now. Uh, all right, this last player of the game. This is a tough one, actually. Uh, it's another goalkeeper. Is just 22 years old. He is an Englishman. Is currently on loan from Manchester United. Plays for Sheffield United. This is where the Google gets frantic. <laughs> I, this is all Jared. I have no idea. Jared? I... I have no idea who the Sheffield United goalkeeper is. <laughs> I thought I'll, I know in, yeah. I'll know in two weeks. I was going to say... Jack yeah. Thompson. Is, that's <laughs> not even a name, I don't think. Um, Jack Hertfordshire. <laughs> that's where I come from. Uh, no, uh, unlucky guys. The, uh, the the answer on this one is Dean Henderson. Dean I mean, Hen- that's not a real person. I, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Dean Henderson, if you're listening, you suck. Uh, Well, he does because against Liverpool, (laughs) he scuffed a save to gift Liverpool the winning goal in their game. Oh, that's Uh, right. That's when he Rob Greened it. He did. He did Rob. I like that. He Rob Greened it and it rolled in. And if that hadn't happened, then there could have been a case for them saying that they could have tied the game. Uh, alas, that did not happen. Liverpool took the win and marched on unbeaten this season. Crazy, oh but true. Oh my god, he is so English. I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> He's 188 centimeters tall. <laughs> How much does he weigh in stone? <laughs> he weighs he weighs 75% of John Stone's. Um, that was a bad joke. <laughs> there's, there's, an, there's, an inc- there's an incredible article in The Sun that reputable newspaper that uh, Dean Henderson set his sights on David De Gea's shirt, which uh, allowing goals to trickle between your legs at Liverpool is probably not the best way to go about that. Not indeed. Uh, no, that might kind of put a little nail right. in that one. But uh, anyway, that's the quiz, guys. And here are the final scores. Another close one. Um, Jared Budge, you came away with eight. But once again, congratulations, Boyce. You are the winner. You came away with ten points. How do you feel? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, living in a world where Arsenal somehow have four wins, three draws, and only a single loss, but yet a goal differential of two because we have yet to beat any team by more than one, uh, <laughs> which is Unai Emery ball. Love it. Love it. It's, it's got to roll there. Um, let me ask the, the phantom question at this point. I'll ask Jared this too. Um, top four, do we see Arsenal edging Tottenham this year? We said this from the beginning that, you know, that it was going to be a coin toss. And I and I still kind of think that. Okay. I mean, it is uh, it's going to be obviously wholly dependent on if if Spurs can, you know, actually recognize their ceiling and, you know, figure their figure their stuff out um, as, you know, we try to negotiate these other competitions as well. I think that's that's going to be the really, uh, uh, you know, the big tester is I can see. 
Spurs making a run in, you know, in another competition. And meanwhile, the domestic campaign is on fire. Like they're going to succeed in one competition. It's just going to be a question of what is it going to be? Not the Carabao Cup. So, yeah, exactly. So if we just start losing them, that'd be better. Um, But I think, uh, I mean, any Spurs supporter is kidding themselves. They think it's not possible Mm -hmm. because it 100% is. Uh, And uh, right now, I think they're four points ahead. um, And Spurs got to ride the ship and ride the ship quick. But, uh, you know, you never know. You never know. That Arsenal away form, you know, we're (laughs) – both teams are just not very good on the road. And Spurs are <laughs> I mean, just not very good right now, period. So, yeah. uh, fair, we have more than two points on the road since January. Hey, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, look. Like, I mean, don't get me. You, you keep I keep saying this, thinking you're going to make me feel bad. Dude, I'm already there. Dude. No, no, man, because I, I legitimately think, and I said this on Twitter, like, I think the third best team in the league right now is Leicester. And I, I think they're a Sadio Mane dive away from having just drawn Liverpool. And they played a good match all match long. They looked a far cry better at en- at Enfield than Arsenal did. Uh, that team, you know, part of me was happy that Liverpool beat them because it means that they dropped all three points, which is where I'm at eight matches into the season with 30 left to go. Is the fact that I'm cheering against Leicester when they're playing <laughs> Liverpool purely because I'm worried about what that's going to do to Arsenal. So... Go Gunners. It's calculated. I'll take it. Uh, Guys, that does officially conclude today's episode. Thanks again to my guests, Jerry Bassamente and Boyce Richardson. Uh, As always, please do subscribe to our weekly show. Leave us a kind review and follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time.